0: Okay, this sikha talks about the Kior, the wash basin that the Kohenim would use to uh, uh, prepare to enter into the sanctuary. And in this sikha, it discusses what... That's a, really, that's a really great place for your coffee bottle. It works all the time. No. until the one day that yeah. it does it. And we're the one that's. This, this is the most... Fun. You know, tight space there is. Okay. Type of don't worry, don't worry. Don't worry. If it spills once, it's worth it. Okay, so it's ever discusses <laughs> the like parking space. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when you get a ticket. Okay, <laughs> I parked it, here for three months for free. I got one yeah, ticket. It's a $60 parking ticket. It for, for, it's not a ticket. <laughs> you, paid, you paid for parking with it. Okay. Okay. Anyway, so, so, um, so there discusses in this the idea of uh, a Jew who contesting with various lusts and drives and how washing away from those things um, is the most precious thing. Let's go inside. (laughs) This week's Torah portion talks about the construction of the wash basin and it is something that sets the Kiyar apart from all other vessels in the Mishkan. The Torah talks about this here in, in it, it unlike all other vessels in the Mishkan, which were spoken about two previous Torah portions although the Kior is a fundamental part of the building of the Mishkan, yet it is not in the sections of the Torah which talk about the building of the Mishkan. It's in a separate section of the Torah. Concerning the anointing of the various uh, vessels, every vessel that was used in the temple had to be first anointed with the oil of the Shemen and So it does discuss all the vessels in this Torah portion how they're anointed. But the construction of the kiyar is different, unique, in that only in this Torah portion is there one item that was not yet mentioned that is... Um, uh, that was a seemingly right part of, it's a ma- major part of the building of the, base of the Mishkan, and therefore it should have been included in all the other vessels of the Mishkan, warning morning David. So why is, it, why is this kior in a separate section than everything else? How come the commandment to build this kior is mentioned in a separate Torah portion, unique, different than all the vessels in the Mishkan? Commentaries say, the kir is a different kind of thing. All other vessels have a function for the sanctuary itself. This is merely a preliminary, preliminary step to get into the Mishkan. You use the kir to wash up. It's not about something that's done in the tabernacle. It's rather a step before the tabernacle. When you're approaching Hashem, you have to wash up first. But it's not part of the service. And therefore, it's not part of the other vessels. This distinction between the kior and all the vessels in the Mishkan is not only where it's mentioned in the Torah, but also its location in the tabernacle itself. It's not only distinguished by the Torah uh, mentioning how to, the commandment of how it's built in a separate Torah portion. Its actual location, its physical location, in the tabernacle was set apart from all, vessel, from all other vessels. The place of all the other uh, vessels of the tabernacle were in the tent of meeting. In, even the copper altar, which was in the courtyard, still was at the entrance of the Mishkan. But the kior the wash basin was not at the entrance of the tabernacle, was not right in front of it. El was on the side, an next column, The is not in front of the maid. And that's why it was possible for Koyanim to enter there without washing their hands. And you, they would use this to wash their hands because it, uh, although in the actual Bais HaMikdash, the Ulam and the Mizbeach, between, in that location between the Ulam and the Mizbeach, it was forbidden to um, go into that space without washing your hands. But the kiyar was placed in a less holy section of the temple, wasn't in a holy space, and that's why it was possible to enter that place without washing your hands. Ever follow so far? It has to be, there. Where else is it going to be, right? Right. So that's why the kiyar is in a different space in the Torah. That's the kiyar is in a different space in the Mishkan, it's only, prep, it's only a preparatory thing, you have to wash yourself before you enter the temple, and uh, therefore it doesn't belong with all the other vessels the Mishka. <speaking in Hebrew> this idea that we just said, that the Kira is just a preparatory thing, is also expressed in the size of the Kira. <speaking in Hebrew> On the Pasek, Meisha and Aaron and his children should wash themselves There are four people mentioned in that pasuk. Meisha and Aaron are two and his children are two So the Gemara infers from this That any wash basin that does not have sufficient water For four coining to wash themselves in it's not, it's not kosher It has to have enough for four Just like, just like the very first time there, the kayan would wash, including Meshach uh would wash before entering the sanctuary. There were four, so to Evakir has to have four. <speaking in Hebrew> Seemingly, this doesn't make sense. Meshach Abaynu wasn't really part of the service, he wasn't the kayan. He only served in the temple for a very, very limited amount of time. He only served there for a week in the inaugurating period of the temple. <speaking in Hebrew> did not serve as a claim anymore according to one opinion only Arna's children continued to serve in the temple so why did the Kir have to have enough water for four people as the Gemara asks this question if it's only uh, meant or um, if it's something that is meant for the Khaenim to use, its size should reflect something about Khaenim. How come Moshe <laughs> used it once and he is eternally remembered in the construction of the skior? It has to have enough water to hold for four because Moshe and Aaron, his children, once used it. Why is that significant? The next page. Shehezbr al explanation of this is. The days of the inauguration of the temple. What, what's the meaning of inauguration? It's a preparatory thing. It's a preparatory for Aaron children to serve. And since the cure, as we just mentioned, is only a preparatory step to get into the service. Intrinsically, the, the theme of the Kiyar is about preparation. And therefore, the inaugurating time is significant. The Kiyar shouldn't only reflect what's going to happen many, many years, forever in the Temple. The cure should reflect specifically the preparatory days because what's the cure about? The cure is about preparation. And therefore, the fact that Meishra, Beinu, used it once is significant. The cure is about preparation for the temple. Meishra and Aaron, is children, in the week before the temple was used as a regular um, temple, just as a, in, the, in the week that was just inaugurated, in that week, how was the cure used? For four people? Okay, so that's how cure should be built because cures are about preparation. tu you this understood. So although the kiyor was just a preparatory step to serve Hashem, yet it had a virtue in it, and its virtue surpassed all other of the vessels in the Mishkan. In what way? That only in the kiyor do you have something of Mishrabe. Every other vessel, you didn't see anything but Meisharibin. In the keir, you saw A little bit of a uh, Purim de vart. Uh, Reb Gershomendel, Mendel, the Rebbe's shliach in Italy, Reb He once um, he once brought something to the Rebbe, and you know, the Rebbe's for bringing. Sometimes we we'll go for you know five, six hours, and uh, it's a long summer for bringing. Pasha Shlach. We're speaking about tzitzis. This guy doesn't speak Yiddish. It wasn't fr- from, but he was standing there with everyone watching the rabbi. He was talking. He asked yes, Mendel. What's he talking about? Yashemendel was like, this. An hour later, what's happening now? This <laughs> chosen, he's chosen tzitzis. <laughs> the whole fabring about the meaning of tzitzis, according to the Kabbalah, according to the Medrash, according to. the whole fabring out that tzitzis. So what did the guy did after that bringing. He got himself a pair of tzitzis. The Gemara says, "I'm not jealous of too many people. I'm jealous of this guy. His tzitzis. You see, Meisher Rabbeinu, his tzitzis. So that's what was unique about the kiir. In the kir, you had an expression of Meisher Rabbeinu. The kir was built to fit the hands of Meisher Rabbeinu. So there's something that's that's exclusive about the kir that no other vessel had. That the kir was built." For Ma'aser Benu and its construction reflected the usage of Ma'aser Benu Just one, just for that week. Here is the wash basin itself. Yeah, uh, it's was a wash basin. So, so we said a, a couple of things in this, in this uh, uh, few sections of the Sikha uh-huh. about the wh- number one. We said why the cure was um, put in a separate Torah portion because it's not really part of the service; it's just a wash basin preparation. We said why it's located in a less holy place because it's also just a preparation. It has to be in a place where people who are not yet pure can, can use. And when then we said on the other hand, something which seems incongruous to the other idea, that is that only the qiyar has something in it that surpasses everything else. Only the qiyar has in it something of Meish So let's try to figure out these two seemingly diametrically opposed ideas within the wash basin. It surpassing everything else, having something of Meish in it. And conversely, the fact that it's less holy than everything else. We're to go to Eiz Gimel. Shnei These two opposing elements within the wash basin. On the one hand, it's only a preparational step. On the other hand, only in the kior do you have meishar abbeinu. No other vessel has any expression of meishar The Gamba gam b'marazatzevishim and nasakir. is also... Something that we find in the mirrors that were used to build this wash basin. <speaking in Hebrew> the women donated their mirrors for the temple. The mirrors are a very low thing. <speaking in Hebrew> Even Mesher <speaking in Hebrew> although Mesher <speaking in Hebrew> was called a lover of Israel, yet he dis- he did not want to use them. He considered them to be. Not something good. He said they're made for the Yitzhahara. They're mirrors. What are mirrors used? Mirrors, be, mirrors are used for women to beautify themselves. So why in the world would, he, would, he, would he, we include this in the temple? The Torah does not enumerate them when the Torah counts all the other donations that were given in the Parshish Nevertheless, when Meshach told the women, like he's telling Hashem, I don't, I don't think we should take these, these don't really belong, right? Hashem said, on the contrary, these mirrors are more precious to me than everything else. By the way, the reason the, mi- the women donated the mirrors is because the men uh, took all their jewelry and gave it for the uh, golden calf, right? Is that something in Judaism? Women gave her jewelry. Women? No, other, no, the, man, gave the men gave the, gave the, the jewelry. jewelry. They tried oh. to take the women's jewelry. I think they took it by force. Oh. like a Midrash. Right, so right. Like so the women had left their, their, their uh, mirrors, and they gave them mirrors to the Mishkan. So Hashem says oh. so, so we have these two opposing ideas. We have Mashiach thinking, this is the worst thing, this does not belong even. And we have God saying to Mashiach this is the best thing. There's nothing better than this. Are you kidding? This is more precious to me than any other donation for the Mishkan. So it's similar to what we just said before about the kiyar. It's, it's the lowest thing. It's it's something just a preparatory step. On the other hand, it's the best thing. It's the best thing it has in it. So what does this mean? Let's go to Esdalot. Explanation of this is as follows. Let's to understand all these ideas. You have to go to the go to the basics. What is this Mishkan about? What's the point of making a Mishkan? Hashem wants Jewish people to take physical things and make from their physical things a mikdash for Hashem. And these thirteen or fifteen f- ingredients, physical ingredients that they're using to build this temple, um, that's where Hashem's shechina will rest. What do you say? In, in, if it's if it's if it's not for. Uh, 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 cooking, you still call it ingredients? 13 or 15 items, which were used to build the Mishkan. Those are the things that God says, components? Okay. Those are the things that God says, I will rest in them, those 13 or 15 components. God's desire, that He wants to have a home, the lowest realm, will be realized in those. 13 or 15 components, those 13 or 15 physical things. That's the whole point of what's going on over here. God wants to rest in the world and He's going to rest where? In these physical things. And since when God wanted and wants to have a home in the lowest realm, He doesn't just want a home in a lower realm. He wants the lowest realm, a realm that there's no realm lower than that. Whoa. And that's why the Mishkan had to have the mirrors. Ashur Sum which are made for the in order that even this low thing, which is, which is made for the Yitzahara, it would seem, yet that thing which is made for the Yitzahara, that should be transformed, make a home for Hashem. Hashem says, well, So that's, that's exactly what I want. I don't you understand what i are trying to do over here, I'm trying to make a home for myself in the lowest realm. Lower? Lo- the lowest? Ah! This is exactly what I want. Ach b'chol is most melachah but yet mesheh Benu still despised them. Mesheh Benu did not want to accept them. Meisha is not a Unlike all the prophets, when they introduced their prophecy, they would say all the prophets. Would, all the prophets would say. Anybody know? Koy, Koy very good. So says Hashem. What's that? So says Hashem. It's something. Something which is similar to what Hashem says. It's not exactly what Hashem says. Because all the prophets, they gave prophecy when they went to sleep. They gave prophets, prophecy in somewhat of a trance. Their prophecy was uh, transmitted to them in somewhat of a riddle. Maishu Rabbeinu is the only one who, was, who stood awake while he was having prophecy, clearly. And he said, Zeh, this is the word of God. It was, was out, at, in the words of the Talmud, Maishu Rabbeinu's prophecy was in a transparent glass. And all the prophets was through a translucent glass. He wanted that the revelation of Hashem should be in a way that we should see the essence of Godliness. He wanted that. He said, we're making a mishkan. What do we want in this mishkan? We want that people should have Hashem to be revealed in a very vivid, clear way. The next page. There is a concept of berudim, right? We know what birudim is. berudim means you take a physical thing and you use it for a holy purpose and you actually lift up the physical thing that was used and you elevate it to a higher world through your intent for the sake of Hashem. That actually changes the very stuff of the physical thing that you're using. So after it's refined though, it's not yet fully um, holy. It may be that you used good intent for this thing, and maybe you used the energy of this thing for a mitzvah, but it's still not as holy as other things. For example, it says in the Torah that when, the Jewish, when the, um, Yosef and his brothers, Yosef, Yosef dreamed, Yosef dreamed about he and his brothers gathering the sheaves, and uh, all the brother, brothers are packing up the sheaves, and Yosef's sheaves is in the center, and all of their sheaves bow down to his sheaf. So the Altareb writes in Terer. How all of the other sheaves, they are, are are represent the refinement of the brothers of Yosef. They elevated the physical to a certain extent, but still, it's like when you eat something for the sake of davening. So you yes, ask your food is elevated in your davening just somewhat, but can you compare that to something which is naturally holy? You can't. It's something which is its holiness is superimposed in it. It's not something which is which is really that that pure. So. That's why it says that there's a second biru, there's a second refinement. That's why, for example, Shabbos, Shabbos, it says, is a a higher elevation. Things are elevated every davening. But then there's another elevation on Shabbos. Whatever is elevated throughout the week needs a second elevation on Shabbos. What are you going to say there? That's who Yosef was, right. So Yosef took whatever the brothers elevated, and they, it says even about our prayers, the angels have to kiss and hug our prayers, or the words of our prayers, to elevate them. Gophif line the nashik line the Zohar says that the angels hug and kiss the words of a Jew to elevate them to elevate them to present them before Hashem. It does, it's not so easy for us uh, to to uh, to reach wherever we can reach. And and so Meishar Rabenu, he is, look, look look at the perspective of Meishar Rabenu. He sees the essence of galinos. You know what essence means? Essence is a word that could be used to, in contrast to existence, we, you could see that something exists, proof of something exists, and you can see what exactly exists, you can see electricity has an impact, but what exactly electricity is, that's different than, than seeing the, the, the existence of electricity. Meish saw the very stuff of galliness. Meish not just in general, Meish in this world was in the state of Atzillus. He was in the highest, uh, Atzilus is the world where there's, there's no evil there. So therefore, Meshra Rabbeinu didn't, didn't. although yeah, it's possible to elevate things, but how far can you elevate these mirrors anyways? They're made to the Sahara, use them for Kdusha. but it's not, it's not, let's read a little further, maybe it's a little bit better. So therefore, Meshra Rabbeinu didn't like these things. Okay. I, before I, t- I translated a uh, the other prophets seeing through asplakayy as a translucent glass. Now that's a way. Um, that's a way I think is a simple translation of the Gemara. But Hasidus uses that expression for another idea. means a glass which you cannot see through. a, a mirror. Aspachayshen emir doesn't only refer to a translucent glass, aspachayshen emir also refers to a reflective glass, a mirror. So, we are we talking like a mirror where it reflects, or like this, where you can't see through, but it's not a mirror? This is opaque. A mirror is something which you could see yourself, right. So, so the, the same root of this word is reflection? Right. The, the literal translation is a glass which does which not shine. That's a little translation of the words. So, in the Talmud, when discussing contrasting mention other prophets, that's the translation of, the, of those words. They didn't have such a clear vision. But, there's another concept over here. It, there's sometimes a glass that you could see things you cannot see through a transparent glass. You could see things in a mirror you cannot see through a transparent glass. Through a mirror you could see behind you. Yeah, who's the, who's the that? So, al- it, so um, although there are things you cannot see with a mirror that you could see with a transparent glass, yet there's something that's missing in this new thing, something you couldn't, you couldn't see without, without the mirror. The mirror shows you who's behind you, but there's something that you cannot see in the mirror. There's a difference between what you're seeing in the transparent glass and what you're seeing in the mirror. In the, in the quality of what you're seeing. In the content, in the quantity, yes. there's things you're not, that you're not seeing in the transparent glass, you are seeing with the mirror. However, in the quality of what you're seeing, there's a huge difference between what you're seeing in the mirror and what you're seeing in the transparent glass. What's the difference? In the mirror, you're not seeing the thing itself. You're seeing a reflection. When you look through transparent glass, you're seeing the thing itself. You're looking through your glasses to, to, to see me. You're not, you're not seeing an image of me, you're seeing me. You're using your glasses to see me. But, but when you look through a mirror, you're not seeing the thing itself, you're seeing a reflection of the thing. There are things that you're not seeing through transparent glass. But, wh- but what are you seeing? You're only seeing a reflection, you're only seeing an image of the thing. <clears throat> this is also true in regards to the elevation of the animal soul. It's true That Hashem wants a home in the lowest realm And it's specifically by elevating the animal soul Which is like the mirror Which is the glass which does not shine There's a new light of Hashem Which is higher than the light That's drawn down through mitzvahs By contesting the drives of the animal soul And not giving in And doing what Hashem wants you to do There's something that's loftier then you could possibly bring down through any mitzvah. Yet, yet it's not the, it's not such a um, pure light. It's only like an image of something. So it's a higher. I'm using the same. What's the difference between and Before 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 uh, we get to, to your question. Or comment. I just want to say I'm, I'm going to use the same words now, and I'm going to confuse you because I'm using the opposite. Yeah. The oppo- the same words, the opposite idea. Before I just said that in the transparent glass you have a higher quality of the image, right? And a trans, in a mirror you have a lower quality of the image. or seeing a reflection of it. Okay, but the truth is, spiritually, spiritually, through mm-hmm. elevating the physical, which is a you're using something which is a dark thing, mm-hmm. right? So. You're getting a higher quality light, getting a higher quality light, different kind of light, but the light that you're getting isn't shining as much. It's coming through a veil of the physical. It's a higher kind of light. You're reaching a higher place. You're satisfying God's desire more, because remember, God wants a home in the lowest realm, and therefore whatever is lower is deeper. Whatever is lower is more meaningful. And therefore, you're touching something which is more meaningful to God. You're touching a higher kind of light. However, this higher kind of light is coming through a uh, a, a darker veil. So, you understand, know David? Or no? You with me? So, so, so you do? Um, it's uh, it's a clear light of Hashem. It's Shabbos, kashos, One. Wonder- oh, well, let's get kashos for a second. Shabbos. It's wonderful. Um, tzitz, this is wonderful. Subduing it's a subduing the, one of your thoughts you shouldn't be thinking whatever or 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 trying to change your character it's it's uh, at the end of the day you are okay, you're accomplished instead of being so obnoxious you're not so obnoxious, you're a little less obnoxious. obnoxiousdel <laughs> Futafaz, there was one speaking a very very sharp sikha, the residents of karbad the Barabba israel and uh, it's amazing Mendel was such a genius in the way he verbed after such a sharp sikha what do you want to do? You just want to like die. You just want to, like, <laughs> just want to like, like throw it all away and I'm going to become a Tzaleh Gomer. And the Futafaz, he bring with them in a very down-to-earth, natural way. And he, one of the things he said was, it was a video, you could see it. One of the things he said was, there was once a guy he knew who was a little bit of an aggressive kind of guy. So whenever you fight with people, you go like this, you would hit them uh, below the belt. And they did shuvah. You only hit them in the face. <laughs> this, this is his level of shuvah. So yeah, it's shuvah and he's dealing with something which is very low and he, and he, and he, uh, he didn't hit below the belt anymore. Instead of going like that, and he went like this. <laughs> so, so we're saying that, uh, yeah, that's, that's shuvah. So is, is there a higher kind of light in that person contesting his Sahara and, and doing a little bit less evil? Yeah, it's a higher kind of light. Is that, a, is that a pure, beautiful light? No, it's not a pure, beautiful light. It's a light which is coming down through a very dark veil. That's what, that, that's the, the contrast between Meishe perspective and the Ebishter about these mirrors. Meishe said says these are mirrors made for Yitzharah. The Ebishter says, oh, yeah, but now we're gonna bring, bring the Kedusha, this is fantastic. So on the one hand, the Ebishter is, has a point. It's not, you're not seeing the revelation of the essence of gallantness. It's going through a dark mm-hmm. veil. On the other hand, the Ebishter says, but well, where is this coming from? Where, what's really going on over here? Zuha Aviv, I This this more precious than anything else. This is such a much deeper thing. Okay, we'll stop here. So, so